Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? I'm the Celtic Warrior, Seamus. Wardlow here. Soda. I would love to have a Wrestling on the Rock. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Maple syrup. I would never have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Welcome to the dive bar of the IWC. Welcome to episode one. Again. Thank you, Marv. For a lovely introduction. And with me today, I'm Matt Ref Marsh. I'm Ref Marsh. With me today, it's only episode one, guys. Relax. Everybody just needs to calm down. He is my drinking buddies. Boom. We got Bishop. We got Cry Baby Clump. Baby Cry Clump. What's going on, guys? What's up, dude? Yo. I haven't Here's even started talk. drinking, but. You have or you haven't? I haven't. I haven't, but I'm hard of, you know. Intros are hard, dude. People don't talk about that enough. Intros are tough. Very tough, especially when you haven't changed your intro in at least one episode, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's only episode one, so we're still figuring it out. We'll get there. You know, episode one again, where every show is our first show because we can't get it right. That's just it. No. Yeah. How's it going, Clint? How you doing? Not, Not too bad, man. How are you doing? Doing again, doing again. Glad to see you guys both back. What are you smoking today? What's in your mouth? Uh, today I got a dab off. <laughs> dab it off. Which one? It's a Yama, uh, Yamasada or whatever. Yeah, uh, nice, smooth. Dab it off, smooth. Well, that's what's in Clump's mouth, Bishop. What are you drinking <laughs> over there? What's in your cup? Uh, just a little bit of Gatorade. Uh, I've been sick the last couple of days, so got to hydrate. I get those uh, electrolytes. That's what, but. Plants crave. That's what, yes, yes, idiocracy, <laughs> idiocracy. I get the reference. I understood that reference. Yeah, uh, I'm having some John Bowman Virginia Straight Bourbon Whiskey on the rocks. Sponsor, not sponsor on that one, but I do want to say a big thank you to Fans First Sports Network for bringing you. The die bar of the IWC guys. We are on a pretty cool network. Check them out. They have a website. I don't know if we're on it yet. I'm gonna figure out what's going on, but we're definitely with them. They're definitely part of the, part of the, 
family, as they call it. But you know, we'll see if that means I got to get become a made man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm nervous about. I'd love if we were like on the website, but you got to go through two broken links to get to us. Yeah, there's a couple 404s on the way. <laughs> uh, just some time coming through saying, "Cheers, my friend." The Brocast Podcast and Gaming says, "Gentlemen." Cheers, cheers, all around. Cheers, cheers to you guys. What are you guys drinking? Let us know. It's not about what you're drinking, though. It's who you're drinking with, and we are happy to be your drinking buddies. Talk about a little bit of wrestling this week. Uh, we primarily took WWE on Wednesday nights. Uh, and I want to talk about that. You know, we we just kind of had a big, uh, a big return last week. Clump has been gone for the better part of a couple years, really. Uh, Started the show with Clump. Actually, he was the number two. You'll always be my favorite number two, Clump. I am the shit, as they say. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, like it, the the show kind of came about because of my conversations with Clump and my conversations with Kevlar separately. And then when we realized that we were going to be doing a podcast, me and Kev, I was like, "Well, Clump has to be a part of this," because Clump was a huge factor in that. This was four years ago. A whole bunch of stuff happened. AEW came out, and Clump was my go-to indie guy, my Japanese guy. He was the one who was always telling me and giving me passcodes so I could watch Wrestle Kingdom, check out this team, check out War Machine. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have seen almost any of a lot of these guys who came through later if it weren't for Clump. I want to know, before we get into what happened this week, What's happened in the past couple of years? Clump was super excited for AEW when it launched. It is uh, documented in our episode one. So that there was a uh, did not take long before the disenfranchisement sorted to kind of sink in a little bit. But when Clump reached out and said, dude, I got to get back on the show. I'm watching wrestling more than ever. I'm back. His second thing he said but I'm not watching AEW at all. I don't want to have to talk about it. I want to come back for the WWE show. Because on Thursday nights, we have Thursday Night Chaser, where Miss Amanda Jane and Digi drink away the indies and AEW. A little bit of a monologue there, but I want to get from Clump and a little banter here because there's some stuff going on. That's why we got Bishop. What was it about AEW? Was there any singular thing that you just kind of been like, like, how did you fall off away from it? You were very, I bought you a replica AEW title before they made them. I got one yeah. from Pakistan. I got him a boot. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. In the 90s and mid 2000s, when a, there was a promotion that aired on public access, I believe in Minnesota, that literally was kids wrestling. And you can look it up. It was it was present. There's been like a wrestling or with regret video about it. Um, and that's what AEW feels like. And I mean that in the worst way possible. It feels like a show booked by the passions of a fan, which should be awesome. Except it's like if you if you put your biggest NBA fan on the court to try and play. He probably ain't going to do anything against LeBron and, you know, or have him coach really is not going to do anything against Phil Jackson. You need to have some people who not just love the industry, love the, love the, 
the weird mix of vaudeville and athletics and everything that wrestling is, but also understand how to create stories and how to book it. And I feel like what AEW is in some or was initially was a response to that and is now in a space where it's fighting the damnedest against any logic to be what what it sh- what it could be, but I feel like the fan it's doing a the fans a disservice in doing that because it's not willing to upset them, it's not willing to push them, it's not willing to create good stories. Um, I also got really tired of anyone you seem to be invested in being kind of kicked down as any WWE prospect that left the company got hired instantly and then got like a 15 minutes fame and then also got kicked down because somebody else even higher up was there. Yeah. I mean, there was a, the Blake, a big Blake laboratory title shot. That every, that's the yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> that is Everybody who got released from WWE who came in, got their, their main event world title shot that no one believed or bought into, but was evident that quote this is how they should be used right like there was just everyone who ever left the wwe became this week's version of the misused right they should be in the world title picture this week, world title picture and then what we see is uh we see that kind of just thrown around to the point where you go oh it's not because they were that it's just because you were trying to prove you know almost like proved the point the other way oh you don't even see them that way you did that as a shot right uh i think what's even more interesting is that i feel like it's become less of i feel like it started as a love letter to the fans you know these hyper fans these hardcore fans that were really into very specific like miss Amanda jane she does not watch anything wwe because she likes the indie style of wrestling which is what drew her to that stuff was like she wants to watch on TV what it's like to go to a VFW, right? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's a fandom, right? It's true. It's true. And this started off as like a love letter to the fans. And I think at some point it just became Tony Khan's like own personal diary. It's no longer a love letter to anybody. He's just talking to himself now. You know what I mean? But he's also allowing other people to write in his diary for the day. You know what I mean? He's just surrounded by his own fandom. So he has a hard time telling somebody like, I don't like where that's going or I've got a bigger vision. It's always, well, you know, best, you know, it's so it's weird. It's gotten all a lot of, um, I don't know. I've seen a lot of people get really upset about how the bucks have been used, about how uh, Omega has been used. Um, that those were like the guy, I mean, it's called all elite and they're barely even a presence or a force on their own show for better or for worse. Right. And I've never been a big fan of them myself, but I can understand where people who like them are upset by that. Yeah, you don't really see them as much. And then, I mean, it 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 feels like Mad TV to SNL. Yeah, it feels like we're gonna do this like the hits for our fans. So we're gonna have a Dan Housen moment. We're gonna have this. We're gonna have that. But it it also feels really stale. Yeah, because it feels predictable, and I'm saying this, you know, in a predetermined fake sport world that we we follow. It it feels so easy to spot. Yeah, and I don't feel excited. I I wasn't feeling excited. I wasn't feeling 
happy. Um, I felt like I was watching, like, um, a bunch of people go for low hanging fruit, yeah. like the easiest, the easiest audience reaction versus the best audience reaction. I yeah. felt like there was no like built storylines or anything like that. I felt like um, anyone that had talent was kind of pushed. It, it was just weird. It got, yeah. um, I don't know. It got weird. And it, it you know, like, erratic. yeah, like all over the place. I don't have anything. I don't have anything against the guy, but Jake yeah. Hager, I don't know when you put him at the forefront uh, and, and push him as like this, you know, big strapping star that they did for a bit. That was when I was like, okay, I don't really get what's going on here. You know, yeah. like not knocking him. He's, he, he's making, he's making a paycheck. I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but I, I don't care. And you're not going to make me care. And then, you know, I think also he became this giant monster because not going to, you know, there's they're small wrestlers I love, but the, the roster is fucking tiny. Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird, though, is I can't think of anybody who hasn't had a bunch of start stops. And it's just like the gap in between that, like, is going to kill the, the characters or not, right? Like, well, MJF is probably one of the few people who've been on and stayed on the whole time. You know? And there is rumor that he might go to WWE. And I would love to see him in WWE. It, yeah. I got no issue with that. Yeah. I feel like what has happened so much is with the exception of him, yeah, that every week we have a new monster we've brought in from WWE and we're gonna give him a title shot and it's gonna be a squash match and they'll lose, but they'll look good. That's what's been going on. And you know, you you had every everyone in that position from Adam Copeland getting the spotlight, the former edge, to Malachi Black to Eddie Kingston, and it it's just this revolving door that has no meaning. And so your big guys, they get knocked down. Yeah. That's yeah. weird. And they don't take advantage of a lot of stuff. I don't know. It's just kind of a weird thing. I, I appreciate their fandom being what it is, that these people are kind of like nothing's gonna sway them. <laughs> yeah to see anything that's there but i appreciate more so like the conversation from people who go wait a second this isn't what what we thought this was going to be and at what point did it shift and what um as we're still talking about aew a little before we move over to wwe uh you guys were telling me about it before we even got on and even realize this has happened but it looks like uh brian danielson may have gotten injured again and at a certain point like I always feel bad and he's amazing. So I don't want him not wrestling. But the thing that rings true to me is when he first signed with AEW. Do you remember that conversation he had uh, with the media where he said it was not an easy decision that he's got nothing bad to say about Vince. But the problem was, is Vince almost wants to take too much care of him. He's afraid that he's going to go out there and get himself hurt. And he just wants to do what he wants to do. And, Vince was going to be too protective of him because Vince was even going to let him go to Japan, but Vince was going to put these rules on him so he wouldn't get hurt. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, I want to go do stuff and I might get hurt. And you're like, I don't know, you're definitely getting hurt a lot now. Like it's a bummer. Like, and it's crazy injuries. This isn't like a knee going out after a year of years of knee injuries. 
his fucking face is giving out. Like, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like his orbital socket breaks. That's just your yeah. skull. That's not a muscle you're working out or wearing down. Like, right. And it's like happened again against Andrade again. And at a certain point too, like stop working with certain people, man. Like, fuck. A guy doesn't it's know like, how to do his moves. It's like having sympathy for evil can evil. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> there's only so long where like you can be like, oh, wow, that's so tragic. And it, and you, you know, but I'm going to watch him jump the fucking Caesar's Palace thing again, even though he's failed 20 times. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that's kind of like my response to the first part of the AEW conversation lands in this space, right? Like I put out an episode on the TWTX podcast, TWTXpodcast.com um, all out on AEW. And it was during all out when Sammy Guevara speared Matt Hardy, mm-hmm. smacked his neck and head off the pavement. Aubrey calls for the match to be over with the X and then they made him keep wrestling. And I just felt so sick to my stomach just watching it. And from that point on, um, you know, like my leash shortened completely to what I was able to handle with AEW. And then every time I check in, someone gets hurt. And every time I check in, someone gets hurt. And you just see it in a uh, in a blatant way, right? Like over the last couple months, um, that that match with Moxley, where he gets dropped on his head twice, you know? Yeah. And the, the ref does a false three count while Mox can't fucking move just so he can get landed on his head again. And it's like, where, who's protecting who? And if the wrestlers aren't able to protect themselves, the refs are supposed to be there. And if the ref mm-hmm. can't see it, then that little, you know, IFB mic is supposed to be like the guy in the back saying, hey, call the match. Just count three. Like, and the fact that that stuff doesn't happen, that's where I'm like, you know what? Who who are we to blame but them themselves? And when CM Punk came back to WWE, Daniel Bryan put out that post you know, supporting AEW and his decision to be there. Well, sorry, Brian, uh, this ain't looking good for you. You know, how, how much, like you said, Marsh, you know, Vince wanted to protect Daniel Bryan from himself, Brian Danielson from himself, and you see why. But if Brian doesn't care about his body, guess what? I don't either. Daniel Bryan's hurt again. Brian Danielson's hurt again. All right. Okay. So what? Yeah. <laughs> Status quo. That's like saying that Cena's got another world title. You know what I mean? Like it's the same thing. I'm not surprised if Charlotte wins again. I'm not surprised if Brian Danielson gets hurt again. Like, it's okay. Par for the course. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like Ahmed Johnson. Yeah. Except. Kind of Brian. Talent an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Just so good. And nice. Talent not an asshole. <laughs> um, Jeremiah says, obligatory is the word of the night, and you win. I think I won some bishop. I don't think I won that one. I don't think. I don't know the you rules. Read you read it really well. Yeah. You well, did. that's all I need is visual stimulation to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is time to say, if the string of injuries keep happening to Danielson, no way he makes it to Wrestle Kingdom for that rematch with Okada. Also, Okada broke his arm, if I remember correctly. Uh, I wonder, too, like, just the, ingen- the general wrestling every week concept is like, yes, there's a certain built uh, toughness that gets built up by doing the bumps all the time. Like undertaker was talking about when you do it once a year, it hurts worse, but there's also a getting to the big match. You know what I mean? And if Daniel Bryan keeps putting the big match that he has and the big dream matches on, on in at risk, 
what is he doing with these other little matches that are just going to be seen by a hundred thousand people? Not that that's nobody, but right. Like that's not the match, right? Why is he having a match with Andrade again? If the last time he faced him, he was injured and he's got this Okada match coming up. He wants to be ready for it. Maybe, maybe only be doing dream matches. I don't know. You know? Well, and even also, Oh, good. Um, just real quick. Um, even when Jericho fought Omega at wrestle kingdom, there was no fights beforehand. There was like three months of story building. So it's not, and it's not like Brian can't do that. He's awesome at promo when he shows his emotions and everything. He's fantastic. So there's no reason for him to go out there and get his ass whooped just to try to feed whatever's demented in his soul. You know, like he's, he's really fucked up that he wants to keep putting himself in that way. And if to your point, and look for me, I, there's zero dream matches left. I don't care who else he wrestles left. So like, what is he building towards? What is he sacrificing for? Yeah. I can't think of any match that he hasn't had that I've been wanting to see. He's done them all. All the ones I thought about, he's done them. Yeah. So I don't know. There's got to be other ones, I'm sure. And But there's also got to be ones for him, right? Because I've said that before about Daniel Bryan and some of these other guys that they'll have, especially the way with Tony's verbiage, that there's all these, quote, dream matches. But they're not dream matches in the, in the way that the term had ever been used before, where before dream matches were Ric Flair versus Hogan because neither one had been in the same promotion ever and both were the top guys of their of the industry in their promotion so what would it be like if you know champion versus champion what would that be like that's a dream match because it'll never happen you know what I mean then it finally does happen and it doesn't go great but these dream matches aren't the fans dying for it outside of Daniel Bryan versus X Sabre Jr. Daniel Bryan Kenny Omega I can't um I can't think of any other ones that were like outside of the fact that while he was in WWE, people said, wouldn't it be great to see those two wrestle? Those are the dream matches for the fans. The rest are Brian's dream matches. I've always wanted yeah. to face that guy. You know what I mean? Like I agree with that. And I think something that he does that also really handfits in here is like, yeah, he doesn't like as Bishop said, we don't really have story build up. We have him being built up in matches. Well, you gotta kind of protect your guys or protect yourself and you know look at roman roman doesn't wrestle a lot but when he wrestles it means something and that's all through storytelling that's all through everything else i think in a sense it happens with a lot of people in aew because they don't do i don't feel like they do exposition as wwe is the greatest like promo company in the world they don't have exposition there and for people like Daniel Bryan, that would go miles for him is to give him some time to build things up so that he's not an every week act. He's special. You know, I also like to what Bishop said earlier about that match with Mox. One thing I wonder is, is there not an ability for them to call audibles because they don't have a depth of story where they can plot, you know, well, what happens if, if we call an audible and this guy loses, but he was set to win do they not have enough depth or view of depth in their talent pool to make it work? Like if somebody gets really hurt and you have to like have their book to win, but you really can't have them win. Isn't there something else you can do? You know, I mean, I, I always go back to Owen versus stone cold. That was the match where if stone cold lost the match, he had to like, what was it? Eat dog food or kiss I think his it was asshole. a kiss my ass. I think it was a kiss my ass. The first, the first stipulation yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pucker against pucker kind of a deal, you know. Right. 
It was the original Kiss My Ass Club kind of a deal. Uh, and then and then Stone Cold breaks his neck. Well, the one thing yeah. they knew for certain is Stone Cold can't go out there puckering up on other people's buttholes. You know what I mean? Right. So how are we going to get out of it? And Stone Cold, you know, says, I need a second. I need time. Tell Owen to milk it. And then he's like, hey, come do the shittiest roll up in the history of time. And we're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, hey, give me a second. Do your finish on me. Right. I'll do my finish. <laughs> I'll kick out. Then you do your I'll do my finish on you. You kick out. I'll do my finish again. And then we're done. It was no. Get the fuck out of the match, dude. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. The fact that that those two dudes were able to call it what's happening now when wrestlers are getting injured and they're not willing to call the end of the match what's happening backstage that they don't feel like in control of their own safety in the ring because that's what it boiled down to stone cold said i'm not getting hurt worse owen roll me up or i'm gonna roll you up because we also both know i ain't i ain't licking your butthole right (laughs) not tonight you know what i mean well with the matt hardy match when he got and he got speared and he got hurt. There was no stakes there, as I recall. He lost, he lost. Well, that's just my and, other point, right? There was no stakes. And he was supposed to win. I believe he was supposed yeah. to. I think he ended up winning that match. So because yeah. he was supposed to win, like, they had – find a di- – to your point, to all of your point, find a different way because he still had to climb a fucking scaffold after yeah. that. I was yeah. like, what is going on? You know, like, they, it's it's as if they – you're to your point, Club, they had not – they don't have the depth of talent or the the intelligence to put it all together because I can't even say they don't. I think at the time they had Dean Malenko backstage and Arn Anderson, and they got they got guys who know what the fuck is going on. But when it comes to pulling the trigger and pushing everything together, no one's willing to step on that toe, whoever's toe it is. The fact that Arn Anderson didn't turn Tony Khan upside down during that and say, you get these yeah. guys out of this fucking match right now, is, it just blows my mind. Right. And why well, did like that in happen? ring? Like from Clump's point, and I'm well, like, both, Clump, yeah. We'll, we'll let Clump say yeah. his own point instead of us stamping <laughs> it like we are. But <laughs> just not used to him being here. <laughs> yeah. But to Clump's point, there there were stakes in the Austin one, and he still felt yeah. like he was in control of his safety and in that match. Here's people where it's a one-on-one match that means nothing to nobody that has no repercussions at the other end, and they're still following through as much as they can for no reason. Yeah. But go ahead, Clump. No, exactly. Like, I just, even if you wanted to be absolutely kind of gross about it, what would happen if Hardy lost there? You, you could build, you could build a story around it. You know, they did that with Austin and Owen, but no, they have, for some reason, there isn't a pullback. I don't know if you guys saw the interview that Tully did recently. Yes. He, I was hoping you saw that. Yeah. He, he said that um, nobody's asking him or, or, or was asking him or, or anything. And that shocks me because you're building a company and you have the person that made John Cena, John Cena, the person who booked him to be who John Cena is and bring WWE to some of the height, the highest heights that can come with that. And you're not asking him a fucking thing. You're not letting him run it at all. What is this? It, it, It does appear to be just a game of one man. You know, we, we, we always heard about how, the audience of WWE is one man. It's I, I hate I hate to say this, but I feel like it's even worse with AEW. It's all Tony Khan. It's yeah, it's crazy. The, yeah, the but son of the billionaire. It's more, it's more sandbox. It's more sandbox than it is TV show. 
Um, yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, let's go. I don't want to harp too much, but I like Jeremiah's comment. Does AEW have an inferiority? Infu- oh, man. Word of tomorrow. <laughs> uh, word of tomorrow. Inferiority <laughs> complex in regards to the WWE, a lot like Canada does to the U.S. First off, don't you be besmirching the good goddamn name of Canada. I love Canada. I love Bret Hart. I got that Bret Hart booze, too. Yeah. I'll show that next week. That was a disappointment. Not the booze. <laughs> the experience. Definitely not the card. Yeah, it didn't come with what it was supposed to. And you know what? Fuck it. Bring it. Let me see it. <laughs> Hand it over. Fuck it. We're doing it. We'll do it live. We'll fix it in post. Canada was dope. I had a good time. Canada's there. dope. Exactly. Never had a bad time in Canada. We got there was a Bret Hart. He had a partnership with this Romero bourbon, and they did a special box with it, and it said it was going to come with an original sketch, which apparently was. Just a box on the box, the sketch. They go, oh, that's an original drawing that we printed on this. But no, that's not what the word original means. You need to understand the words you use. I mean, Canada still speaks English. You know, some of it, half of it. Yeah. And then it was supposed to come with a trading card that was Bret Hart, a Bret Hart sketch turned into a trading card uh, that I don't even think was signed. It wasn't even in the box. The plastic wrap that was over the the thing fell off in shipping. The box is torn to shit. And it was like the bottom's already blown out. It was open from the bottom. And uh, there was no card in it. So it was really disappointing. And they haven't really responded to any comments. We've seen a bunch of people commenting. They had similar experiences. And they're not kind of listening, which is a bummer. But um, I'm going to try it at some point. Because I am excited to try it. But I was really disappointed by how that all played out. Hold and behold, it's a bottle of moose piss. Moose piss for the win. (laughs) I love moose piss, dude. Uh, Moose Drool is a good beer, too. I lived in Canada. Or not, I didn't live in Canada. I lived in Alaska for a long time. You get used to Moose Nuggets and stuff. Uh, and I do think that there is some sort of inferiority issue that AEW, that Tony has, specifically. Yeah. Because of the way that he talks and behaves. Uh, good cop, bad cop coming through. It's been a long time from over the pond. Actually, I think this guy lives in Florida, right? It's across Virginia. the pond. It's across the Gulf, in my mind. <laughs> Uh, he says he loves an episode one which is true he always has and then Jeremiah says I love Canada but they do have an inferiority complex towards the US I just got back from Toronto it was a blast people were great I love it uh, and he said Moose Drool is Big Sky Brewing out of Missoula Montana close to where I grew up shit I would have never guessed that I would have never guessed that see I would have you would have guessed Missoula yeah Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's obvious. Yeah. You can tell by the label, what rhymes, dude. What rhymes with moose drool? Actually, that does rhyme. Eminem would make Goose that stool. Ooh, <laughs> Goose stool does rhyme. Very good one. I like it. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's move a little bit away from AEW. If you guys don't mind, unless there was something else in there you desperately want to talk about. Because um, I know there's going to be a lot more conversation tomorrow night in the dive bar of the IWC with uh, Miss Amanda and Digi. They're actually going to be talking about that Tolly interview um, because there was a back and forth uh, that Taz had online where he's like, oh, people are always asking for help, this and that. And they're, and then, you know, online people are like, you're literally the only person to have ever said that. <laughs> Everyone yeah. who leaves the company says no one does. You know, yeah. like, um, so it's just also what does that mean? And then, you know, Taz wrote a bunch of good points about what does success look like to you, look like to a younger person, you know, 
I agree with like Clump though. If I got Arn Anderson there, I'm gonna ask him whether or not I go fuck that old man. I don't think that's gonna work for me. You still gotta ask, right? Yeah. You know, you always you always have to take your own spin and your own interpretation and what feels right for you. That doesn't mean you have to pretend that other people haven't existed for the past 50 years in the industry that you're just trying to figure out for the first time, you know? Yeah. And what do you, what do you get out of not asking? I think that's the bigger thing there, right? Yes. Producer lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support and buy us a drink by putting the I and subscribe and reviewing our podcast and cheers to fans first sports network for keeping the dive bar lights on. I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks.